Welcome to the Everything Action Cast, the official podcast of EverythingAction.com. Hello and welcome to the Everything Action Cast, the podcast for the week of September 4th, 2023. I'm your host, Zach. I'm your co-host, Chris. And uh, we got a bunch of stuff this week, so let's jump right in. And we'll kick things off with some trailers. That was like the main source of news this week was tons of trailers for some reason. Um, but we got the main trailer for Castlevania Nocturne, which is coming up at the end of this month on September 28th on Netflix. And it's the sequel series to the original Castlevania anime series, um, which I think you and I both are huge fans of, Chris. And this, so Castlevania Nocturne is adapting, or I think I think it's set slightly before Rondo of Blood. It's in that it's in that time period of the uh, Castlevania universe, and it follows Richter Belmont in, during the French Revolution. And there's a new vampire threat, uh, kind of in the background d- during that whole time period. And so he teams up with some other supernatural warriors to stop these, these new threats, including uh, Maria Renard, who is another big like Castlevania character. And uh, yeah, I mean, it looks, it looks like uh same level of like, you know, animation quality and over the top action and everything, everything you expected from like the, the first Castlevania series. It's still, um, it's, I think it's still the same. It's the same uh, powerless animation, the same uh, animation studio. And I think the, the big thing, too, for me is that they uh, had the Rondo of Blood theme in the trailer. So hopefully this means they'll, ha- they'll actually have, like, Castlevania music, to, like, from the start and not have to wait, like, two seasons like the original show. So that's my like, only... we're featured in one fight, and that was it? That's, that's, my, only, yeah, that's my only grip is that we had to wait, like, two whole seasons until, like, the final episode of season two when they're fighting Dracula to have, like, actual, like... Uh, like Blade Tears start playing or something, which is like, because like, if there's one thing about Castlevania that people know and love, it's the music. Yep. So yeah, so so yes, it's nice that like even just in the trailer they're like playing actual Castlevania music. So hopefully that means like the show will have quite a bit of actual Castlevania music. But yeah, what you what do you think of it? Does it look good, Chris? It looks good. It's. It's a little more colorful than the original series, just because, like, I feel like they did something different with the, the like, tones. Right? Well, I wonder, because it, it's, I mean, it's more, quote-unquote, modern, but it's, like, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, like, 17, it's, like, 1782, so we're not in medieval, like, you know, <laughs> plague-ridden... Dark. Yeah, European, dark it's towns. Like, yeah, we're in like we're in like Par- like it's like Paris cities. Well, no, I I just meant like some of the even the poster art looks a little bright, and I was like, huh. Yeah. Like I, it's definitely a different, slightly a different style. Not not a drastic departure, but mm-hmm. I, I just was like, oh, maybe it's the style slightly changing just to distinguish itself from the season or the arc. Yeah. Uh, I'm fine with it. Like uh, Richter Belmont, it it like. He's fun, you know. He's a he's a fun character. He's not exactly like the drunk rogue, like Han Solo esque guy we got from the other series. They're really trying to make him more of a tragic, like uh, 
hero that very much is going to rise to the occasion to go on this like adventure to fight vampires. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they're if this is from like another backstory or something about like kind of like um, losing his parents to a vampire that's like ah see you later you know like I pr- I'll fight you when you're ready kind of vampire which I think I don't what know I've that... read I think what I've read is that they are kind of adding to like the Rondo of Blood kind of backstory or like they never really got into it like Richard's backstory in like that game but they're kind of like expanding his like you know history in the, for the series yeah I, I remember like later on when they did do uh Symphony in the Night uh wasn't Richter like already captured or you play as him first and then you play this like it's supposed to be yeah back you play back. You play the end. You play the final battle of Rondo Blood at the beginning of Symphony of the Night, and then it's. I, forget, I think he. I can't remember if he gets defeated or he defeats Dracula, but then something like something happens, and then Alucard shows up at the castle, and then does this mm-hmm. whole adventure. And it's like a. It's like. This. I'm not sure if it's the same day. I think it's like another time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm. I'm fine with it because you know we got like a preview what Symphony of the Night would have been in the show so my only hope is we finally get to that and it gets more and more brand but uh you know i'm I'm kind of fine with the series doing its own thing if it has to because it's done like wonderful with the material this is another this is another like oh it's a really good adaptation like people who like the games can still enjoy the games from this but it's not like this is the official canon Mm -hmm. I, i i pretty much enjoyed the series I, I don't see it like going off the rails now. <laughs> yeah, hopefully not. So yes, yeah, September twenty eighth is when that's dropping over on Netflix. And then we also this week got a new trailer for Godzilla minus one, which is the new uh Toho Godzilla film. And uh definitely taking a, a new interesting take on Godzilla, although I mean we we already had an interesting take with Shin Godzilla, but this is a Seems like more tradition, slightly more traditional Godzilla than Shin Godzilla, which is like a you know a crazy political commentary satire of like the Japanese government's more than the Godzilla movie. But um, Godzilla minus one is actually set pretty much like immediately after World War II. So you've got Japan, who is like economically devastated, wiped out from nuclear bombs. Like they have no, they're like they have no defenses, no. They're, they have no economy. They're basically the trailer is like they're like a, they're like a zero, and then Godzilla shows up. So now they're minus. So like Japan's like minus one from like a country, a functioning country. And then it's just like how how is a Japan that is barely able to function gonna like stop Godzilla? The old Godzilla. Yeah, I, I yeah. just leave leave Japan during this whatever yeah. island he's on. He just owns that now. Don't. Yeah. You, what are you gonna do? They're you don't, they're not allowed to have an army. All the soldiers that they sent are like just fresh from the war and still recovering. Mm-hmm. Like two of the, two of their cities are wastelands, <laughs> like radioactive wastelands. Yeah, the the populace is devastated. Like if. You know what I mean? Like, if Godzilla showed up, Japan be like, yeah. Or they'll just, like, this is American propaganda. Like, you think the bombs weren't enough? Like, they sent the monster? Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's an interesting time just because we're seeing Japan actually acknowledge, like, oh, like, <laughs> maybe, like, pissing off America wasn't the best tactic. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and now it's like this angry monster is supposed to represent all of Japan's like rage. That's kind of what Je- the Godzilla was, and sort of like, hey, nuclear weapons aren't good, but it would make more sense if Godzilla like showed. I mean, it sounds weird because they done it and it didn't work, but like during this time, that Godzilla shows up in America as sort of like retribution for creating it with an atomic bomb. You know, wouldn't that make more sense? Mm. It's like. Godzilla plus one, <laughs> just like, um, but that's that's the problem. Like, it's more of this like, the Japanese are woefully unprepared to deal with this, and so I think I can tell from like the start, it's about eighty percent of them just getting wiped out by Godzilla, and I don't know, and like, I don't know what's gonna satisfy him. Like, is Godzilla just gonna get bored of trashing around, nothing to fight, or is something else gonna happen, and then he fights like. Godzilla, you know, like I, I, I'm just like curious about that. Another monster might show up, maybe or something. Yeah, like I don't know what Japan could do besides wait it out. Is just like, is this what the um the movie's message is? It's it's sort of like uh like oh we we have no idea what to do because like the the, the like red tape and uh, bureaucracy is destroyed, so it's just chaos, and then it's like. I don't know. Let's let's pull something from Toho, like deep lore, where like, is it gonna be some kid on a mountain befriending like a monster? <laughs> like you know. So I, I'm interested. Like it, you know, like yeah. Shin Godzilla was different because that was modern day, and it wasn't like true Godzilla. He was more like a creature that shows up and then becomes that. And then didn't Shin Godzilla fight like another monster? Like part two. Well, there hasn't been a part two yet. They did, oh. they did, Shin, they did Shin Godzilla and then they did Shin Ultraman and Shin Kamen Rider, which are, they're not they're not tied they're not they're under the same like banner, but it's, the banner is more like these are all like reimaginings of these franchises. They're not like it's not a cinematic universe where it's like you know Shin Ultraman is gonna fight Shin Godzilla or something. It's, Holy crap! I would watch that. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Like I don't Godzilla movies are fun the first time where basically. It, it like needs something to fight or it needs to be destroyed as a symbolism. But if you're just stomping on already a, a defeated enemy, it just sounds weird. I'm, I'm, I'm for it just because it's, it's cool to see more like destruction, but he gets there just like, well, what do I fight? Like what's the tallest building? Like, Oh, it's really yeah. destroyed. Now what? <laughs> I know. I'm also curious. So, like there's like the end shot of the trailer where there's like Godzilla's like burnt, like he's like his skin's burning off. So like what's happened to Godzilla in that, in that scene? I think they're fighting him with more nuclear weapons, or or they they've, they've somehow found a weapon that they can use against him and like they scrap, scrap together something. I don't know. Like I'm trying to think of like a Japanese product like sushi. They just throw sushi at it. Yeah. You know, like wasabi. I'm only saying that as like, you know, as a joke of what what can you fight a monster that's showing up and destroying that it's like I get it's probably pissed off that like it mutated or um a nuclear bomb like dropped a, on it, it. yeah it was, it was a the classic like he was awoken by nuclear he was bombs. awoken by war yeah yeah so i i that's that's cool but like is it gonna get weird where it's like we need to call america to help us now because <laughs> hey come back <laughs> well i think i mean i don't think it's it's not really in the trailer but didn't we have like a like occupational force post-world war ii like yeah macarthur like, was there for a while yeah like yeah, they, so they made like a whole naval base. It's still there now. Are they gonna get like? So, are they gonna get to add it all? Like, 
like the American forces are going to try to stop Godzilla and then they get defeated horribly. Yeah. And then it's up to like Korea. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just thinking of the weird possibilities that just sort of make sense in the time frame. But always Godzilla movies that are more famous for the fights have to do with Godzilla going to some remote island. And so it's really hard to get like sort of modern day technology to that place to fight Godzilla. Like even when he fights like all these other monsters, it's usually because like Godzilla shows up to like defeat it. Or Godzilla's there fighting it like just fucking around first, and then another monster shows up that is like apparently way worse. Yeah. I still have to see that one where like aliens summon Godzilla and a whole bunch of things, and like half the movie is like guys in like fake Power Ranger suits fighting each other. <laughs> Do you remember that one? Like is that a, like a more modern one or is that an old one? No, it's like two thousand something. Uh, like, like, uh, was it, are you talking about Final Wars or there's like, no, or like SOS one, or I, I don't look it up again. I, they sort of blur to me, like it's certain errors. If it's not the, the stupid ones where it's like a bunch of like sailors find Godzuki or something, or like mm-hmm. a bunch of explorers, uh, uncover a monster. And then the only, the only hope in this remote region of Japan is Godzilla for some reason. And then maybe they have like a flute sometimes they don't to like summon him did i imagine that i feel like that's happened i'm sure it's that yeah no i'm at the flute part too there's something where like they're able to summon him like hey we need godzilla now like we need to figure out how to attract him Mm -hmm. well i know like the uh the cartoon base, like, 98 had, like, some sort of, like, lures that they could use, like, bring him in. Well, they had his son, so... Yeah. Well, that was, that no, was, no, no, he was, was a son, the, no, that, no. That was the Hanna-Barbera cartoon, and they had, like, Godzuki was their friend, and then they could, like, some, somehow, like, yeah, bring him, like, and, like, he could, like, I think Godzuki could, like, call his dad or something, or, like, I'm, but, but See, like, I'm confusing that, that, too. I'm confusing all the Godzilla lore. And then, and then Mothra obviously had, like the, like, the tiny girls that would, like, summon Mothra. Yeah, the spirits of, like children's hope yeah and then the turtle uh gamera gamora gamera yeah Yeah. he he was friends with like a kid he's the friends of children yes (laughs) so that's why i'm like are they gonna surprise with us with a like another monster where it's like don't mess with japan we have kaijus (laughs) like you can't regulate kaijus it's like sort of like oh yeah sorry you can't Sorry, world police, you can't stop this from just happening because Japan's just full of these monsters. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see. Uh, December first is when uh, Godzilla minus one is coming to the U.S. So definitely, if you're a kaiju fan, get ready for that one in December. And then we also got the trailer for a Hulu original that's gonna be hitting just in time for the spooky season at the end of this month. Uh, no one will save you, which is a, an alien invasion horror movie. Uh, starring Caitlin Deaver from Justified and Booksmart and a bunch of other things, and she is playing a woman who lives out out in the woods, secluded in her like childhood home, and then aliens start aliens show up and are, are like, you know, classic alien abductions. They're like teleporting people up in beams and invading her house, and then she has to figure out a way to like survive and hide from them and <laughs> survive their invasion. I get I get a lot of like it's like signs I signs makes it like a quiet place because it looks right. it, it, it kind of looks like it, like a slightly different version of classic 
gray aliens, but they have like way they're like more like spider like a little bit. It looks like there's like a kind of like a shot. And then the trailer has like a shot of like an, like one of the aliens like chasing her. It's like super long leg arms and legs, and but it kind of looks like a like a classic gray. I wonder if those gray aliens actually have a like, like classification by now. Like a like a scientific classification. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure, like, I mean, Bigfoot is like a protected species, so I'm sure it's got something with like aliens. But uh, and then uh, Brian Duffield, who wrote uh, the Babysitter and Underwater and Love and Monsters, is directing this movie. So those are those are some solid uh, writing credits. So and it this this looks this looks like a pretty fun, like you know you, we don't get a lot of, like alien like classic kind of alien invasion like you know UFOs like be like beams shooting down to the sky movies. You, you get one well, like every I mean, couple I'll, years. Yeah, you get one every couple of years. But wasn't the last Jordan Peele movie an alien thing? Sort sort of yeah. I mean they didn't really get off the ship a lot, so I get it that they're trying something different. But yeah, there's been stuff like you know, it's like the fourth kind, and uh, there was like, was Dark Skies was that one? Like, like I think Carrie Russell was in one. Uh, I thought Dark Skies, but like you didn't see aliens, wasn't it like alien brainwaves or something? It's like no, I, th- I think Dark, Dark, of- Dark Skies was like a like another like gray aliens, but it was like a um, it wasn't Blumhouse, but it was it was it was in that vein. Uh, I'm like I remember Dark Skies was you, I couldn't know I didn't know if it was like a government conspiracy or an alien thing but it's like the aliens take the baby like take the kid or something and they just go away yeah there's like no rhyme or reason why in, in Dark Skies what happens I just remember like it was very boring. Well, it was, it was th- things that happened to the kid of the family, and then they're like, is he being abused? Is this like actually, is, is there aliens or is there something else going on? And then it well, turns like out, they, oh no, it's, yeah, it's like, aliens oh yeah, there's aliens. Coming. Yeah. But the problem was like the aliens, like they give you like a, a week long notice that they're coming. Because mm-hmm. it's supposed to be like, because the, the birds in the neighborhoods are dying, and then like weird occurrences from like static electricity, and then like for no reason whatsoever. J.K. Simmons is in there to explain it, like he's studied the phenomenon about this, and no one believes him. And in the end, like the kids get napped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yeah. And there was nothing that anyone could do. And obviously, science the OG, like that's like <laughs> as far as like modern, like alien invasion and stuff. Well, that was different because. They didn't really have warnings. They were just, like, picking random locations to try the same thing on. Mm-hmm. Until they got defeated by dumbass means, and that's why they only tried it in dry climates. <laughs> yeah, the weakness is water. They invade a planet that's, whatever, 80% oh, water, 90% like, water, yeah. And then, doesn't it, like, w- would it make sense to, like, invade a desert? Or any yeah any then, other planet like Mars. <laughs> Mar- yeah, well no one's there. They I don't yeah. know what they were trying to do. But that, that that's besides the point. The movie the science works because it ends right before like it tries to explain itself. Yeah. 
but yeah, but if you have Hulu, uh, you can check out uh, No One Will Save You in this temper. I'm sure they're probably going to shift to like their like whatever that like, they do like I forget what they call it like Huluween. <laughs> I think is what they call it when they get when they, they hide all their all their horror stuff. Which uh, speaking of horror, we also got the tr- first show this week for Thanksgiving, which is the over 15 years in the making full length version of the Grindhouse fake trailer directed by Eli Roth. So Eli Roth, so he's back. He's directing this, and he also co-wrote this. And it's based obviously based on, on that fake trailer that showed up at Grindhouse. And there is a pilgrim-based or guy in a pilgrim costume running around Plymouth, Massachusetts during Thanksgiving, burning people in ridiculous ways. Seems like uh, you know, t- lot typical kind of slasher stuff going on. It does it does it does seem like it's gonna have a lot of like the scenes that were in the trailer kind of like fleshed out and like fully realized. Like there's there was that scene in the fake trailer where like it's like it's in, the, in this trailer too, where it's like a cheerleader jumping on a trampoline and then the, like the killer sticks a knife into the trampoline. <laughs> that was like the, that was like the big like uh like like gag from like the the fake trailer. And then I'll watch stuff, that one again. Yeah, it was that, and then I think I think like um, someone's head got served instead of a turkey. Like they they uncovered the turkey, but someone's head I think was the trailer too. And then they also like um, I think it's in this new trailer too. But, but um, the like turkey mascot in like a parade gets murdered, and it's just like this guy in the costume, but it's like blood's like gushing out of his head. It's like cartoony turkey head. So it's definitely a lot of like um yeah like Thanksgiving turkey based uh kills. Oh the one the one in the trailer that was like I, I don't think I've really seen anything like that before was like when the, the pilgrim freezes that woman's face to the side of the, of the freezer like like like, like, sprays, like tosses water on her and then puts her like face against like the ice cold freezer and like, freezes her face to it. That was in the trailer. In, in in this new trailer, yeah, it's like oh. he like he like throws up like a bucket of water on this woman's face and like shoves her against like this ice cold like minus zero freezer door and she's, her face sticks to the door. So she if she wants to get off, she's like rip her skin off to get it off. And yeah, so this is this is coming out just in time for actual Thanksgiving. It's gonna be out November seventeenth in theaters. So, um. You can complete the journey, the 15 year journey, 16 year journey, and see uh, the full length Thanksgiving. Joining Machete and uh, Home of the Shotgun. Home of the Shotgun deserves like a rewatch again. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about watching it like at some point just because I was watching the Trailer Park Boys recently. And the weird thing about Home of the Shotgun too is that. That fake trailer was only in the like Canadian version of Grindhouse. Like it wasn't in like the U.S. version because there was some sort of contest in Canada where you could they had like filmmakers make fake trailers and then Hobo the Shotgun won and then that got turned into an actual movie. Like a regional one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The guys who made Trailer Park Boys made that full one. That's why like a handful yeah, of Trailer Park yeah. Boy like actors and locations take place mm-hmm. in it. Yeah, yeah, they're all in it. Like I think I think one of them is like the main villain, right? Or like a no. villains, or I have to look at it again. I I, I don't want to spoil it for myself just because I want to watch it. Like I like my mind 
finally like forgot enough where I can watch it again. Mm-hmm. So I, it's something like that. That's all I just I remember because I remember watching it and then going like, why is Ricky in this? He's in it for like a cameo. Yeah. And he basically is Ricky from Trailer Park Boys. He's wearing like this. He has the same haircut, the same facial hair. But anyway, uh, yeah, excited for like more Thanksgiving horror movies because it's very limited. Mm-hmm. Like the most the most high profile one is probably Thanksgiving, which we watched like a year or two ago, a couple years ago for commentary. Wasn't there like a second Thanksgiving? Oh, I think there's been a bunch of Thanksgivings. I think there's like I think there's like a whole series of them. Wow. But man, yeah, that first one was uh was something. <laughs> so And I think I think there's been some thanks Thanksgiving segments in like there's been like you know, like there was like that anthology like movie like holidays. And then Blumhouse also did like their like Hulu, like every month uh <laughs> was a new movie for a holiday or uh like project they did for like a year or two. So I think, I think there's like one or two Thanksgiving based ones for um for that series. What that, I can't remember what it was, what it was called. <laughs> that that Hulu like Bluemouse uh collaboration. It's like some like into into the dark. Into the dark. I was thinking something holiday, but like because technically well, everything was, about. It was yeah they were they were, all the movies were they were based on like a like a holiday or like a like kind of overall theme a for like national celebration was. yeah yeah well like, like I just one, April Fool's Day was such a weird movie yeah and there, well there and there's one I think toward the end like it was April or May or March and the, like one of the movies was like it wasn't based on a holiday it was just the general idea of like spring <laughs> well you watch how many of those did you watch. I was watching quite like I was watching like the first couple ones for like like every month I watched whatever one came out and I kind of like fell off after a little bit. I definitely, yeah, I, know I, definitely the, the, I know the New Year's one wasn't bad. Yeah. When the guy carries a dead body through like all these New Year's celebration. Well, that was that was that was the first that was the very first one that was Halloween. Oh, that was Halloween. And that was the the whole point of that one was like oh yeah this hitman is like dragging a body but like no one cares because it's Halloween so they don't think it's just a costume. Ah. Uh. Yeah, I just remember then, like, the Christmas one was Puka, which was weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I could probably watch these randomly, but... Yeah, like... I'm surprised, like... The criticism was, like, fair. It was like, alright, two seasons, and then we're done for now. Like, we gotta figure this out again. Yeah, I, th- I think I got to, like... Maybe... The summer, like the last couple of season one. And then I don't think I really watched any of season two. Yeah. I didn't watch season two. Cause it, it did like a sequel to Puka at one point, And, um, there's some, a couple other like weird ones <laughs> toward the end. It, it, it wrapped up like March, March, 2021 is when that wrapped up. Yeah, definitely, definitely interested in, in weird holiday-based <laughs> horror movies. And we, yeah, we definitely need more Thanksgiving ones. So definitely interested to see how the trailer translates to a full movie. And then the last trailer for this week is we got the first trailer for The Bike Riders, which 
maybe maybe Oscar tender, who knows? But it's coming from Jeff Nichols, who previously brought us like movies like Midnight Special and um, other. He frequently frequently works with Michael Shannon, who's also in The Bike Riders. Um, but this is a. It's based on a like pic- photo book <laughs> of, of like '60s motorcycle uh, gangs, and it's it's a fictional story about a fictional. Uh, biker gang in the 60s, the Vandals, and sort of like their rise up from like just a local gang to a, a major like criminal organization. <laughs> and you've got Austin Butler and Jody Comer and Tom Hardy co- uh, uh, co-starring together, and a bunch of a bunch of other like Norman Reedus is in there too, and Michael Shannon, um, Boyd Holbrook, hot off Justified. <laughs> um, yeah, t- tons of other people. I, I get very Sons of Anarchy vibes, but maybe like more like like slightly more like prestigious <laughs> Sons of Anarchy. Like if Sons of Anarchy was like an Oscar <laughs> contender, maybe or something. I get it. Like, but it's trying to be more dramatic about the biker culture instead of uh, glamorizing the like fun. It's more about like actually keeping the gang together. Well, it's, you know, Austin Butler is, like, you know, he's super loyal to Tom Hardy, but then Tom Hardy's, like, dragging the gang into, like, being, like, criminals, and then it was originally started, I was just, like, it's all about the the ride, man, the freedom, the bike the, yeah, the, yeah. The, the culture, and now we're, now we're like, dealing drugs and murdering people, and what have, like, what have we become, man? Like, Well, they aren't, like, a gang gang, right? Like, they're slowly becoming a gang. Yeah, they just they started out as just like a norm, like there's like we're a bunch of guys that like hang out and ride bikes and motorcycles together, and then it's like slowly turns into well we're gonna start uh like these guys pissed off we're gonna burn them burn their bar down we're gonna start smoke like killing drugs we're gonna like steal stuff we're gonna like, murder people like it's it's, it's basically well, how, much, it's, how far how far did you watch Sons of Anarchy? Like none. I I don't think I've, I've seen like clips by ever any like, okay, like in, in terms in terms of their business outreach, they have a huge network. It makes no sense. Yeah. But yeah, it's like it always starts with drugs and guns, and then it like moves on to like, hey, we should like invest in a company, and you know like because it's like you need to diversify your income besides drug running and then like hang out at a bar. Like a lot of them always start diversifying. Even uh, 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 that Sylvester Stallone TV show, Tulsa King, Tulsa King, that biker gang diversified. Mm-hmm. So it's well, I think that, I, th- I, I think the conceit about the bike riders too is that it, like Jody Comer's like telling this to like a reporter or someone after the fact, so it's like you know it's years later she's like recounting what happened. Right, yeah, just the the being what it was to be in that early stages of biker gangs where they're all like mid range greasers and people that came back from the war and just didn't yeah. know what to do. <laughs> I also do I love that like uh like Jody Comer and Tom Hardy are like and then probably I assume Austin Butler too like are having a kind of like accent off like who could have the craziest accents. Yeah, it's like where's everyone from? Because this is like there, yeah, the Midwest, every, so every, where every, is everyone? Yeah, everyone is all over the place as far as like, just like whatever, whatever like voice affectation they put on. 
but yeah, it, lo- it looks interesting. It looks, it looks, it looks, it looks good. This can be uh, December first uh, in theaters, so you can check that out when it comes out. Could, I mean, yeah, it could possibly be an Oscar contender. Who knows? So moving on, uh, we got some crazy news from Vulture this week. Um, they had a expose slash report about Rotten Tomatoes. They had a big investigation. And apparently there was a, a PR company called Bunker 15 that has been paying critics to write positive reviews on Rotten Tomatoes for them. So those tomatoes are rotten. Yeah, they're fully rotten, even though you know, if they show up fresh on the site. So they so Barker 15 was paying people $50 or more for each review. Um, they were going after more like self-published, smaller critics that still showed up on Rotten Tomatoes. So it, it wasn't like they're paying like the New York Times or, uh, you know, other like big media companies or like IGN or like big YouTubers. This, this is like <laughs> people like us. Like we like I don't know how we didn't get like <laughs> like some of this like. Uh, got some sweet bribe money. Bread, yeah, yeah. I, I'll, write, I'll write a positive review for whatever for fifty bucks. But yeah, the the big the big um example they are talking about is in twenty eighteen there was a Daisy Ridley movie called Ophelia, which was kind of like a retelling of Hamlet, and there was an early screening, and and th- there was like thirteen reviews for this early screening. And it was a lot of the big, bigger, uh, or like people who were attending, like whatever, like film festival was at, or this early screening. It had a 46% Rotten Tomatoes after those reviews, and so that's obviously rotten because it's anything below 60% is rotten. So then Bucker 15 went and paid a bunch of these, uh, you know, smaller, obscure critics to, to write a positive review for Ophelia, and that ramped up the uh, score to be. be positive like switched it back over to like being fresh and apparently apparently they've done that multiple times for multiple other movies so yeah it's 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 a crazy like the entire like integrity of rotten tomatoes is like i think it's already a question because like it was already yeah a lot of people were wondering yeah there's a great um, on YouTube, um, Dan Merle, who like was on Screen Junkies and like movie fight stuff. He has his own YouTube channel, and he's he's been doing like this, this like feature where it's like Rotten Tomatoes decoded, where he, it's like the actual the score, so like the like percentage score. If you actually like 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 look at the actual like like because like all the critics give it a score from like one to ten. So a movie if a movie's like you know like eighty percent fresh. But some of the scores might be like sevens or eight, like six or sevens, which is totally fresh. But it's not like it's not it's not like a you know like super like ecstatic reviews of the movie. It's just like it's it's barely fresh. But because of like they're like fresh rotten, like it's either fresh or rotten, and that's it. It like it really like like skews like the like perception of movies. Because you you can have a movie that's like ninety six percent fresh, but like. Seventy percent of those reviews could be like, it's fine. <laughs> I, yeah, I give, yeah. Just, I, I give, I give it a seven, but it, 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 well, that's, that's why it's isn't fresh. The, so isn't isn't it the critical review more important than the like critics review for Rotten Tomatoes? Because isn't that just like anyone could just write one? Well, you gotta you gotta look. So like if you if you're just looking at the score, 
like just like the you know thirty percent fresh, thirty one percent fresh the tomato meter, that's like not really an accurate me- metric. I mean, it'll give you like a general idea of like if people liked it or not. But then if you look at the actual like critic scores, like if it's a super high rating, like if it's like you know ninety percent fresh, a lot of the critics could have been like actually like really lukewarm on it. They just gave it a fresh review, and that it's like oh it's fresh. Ninety percent of the critics is fresh. But so like so like a, like a ninety you know eighty ninety percent fresh around like like tomato meter might might not mean like it's like critics were like oh this is the best movie ever made like it could just be like they're like eh, it's fine. I mean I get it when you just kind of one worded and you give your random opinion, but you have to be a really good critic for that like low description high score. Yeah, you know I feel like there should be a rule about that. You know, like a pra- a short praise from a, a a known critic carries more weight. But if you're just some rando that is just review bombing a movie, like either inflating it or bombing it, like there's got to be like a caliber. But that's what I mean, like about these reviews. Like it, you have to actually read the reviews, understand what they like quote. Like, and I, that takes skill. Yeah. At least mm-hmm. we take our time to explain. Like, it's not great, but you like it like this. That's why it's really hard to go with like a rating. Like, especially when it's numbered, it should really be sort of like a pros and cons. And then the number only is good if you believe like a fair system. Yeah. And also, and also like so many like studios and so many like, I think, I don't know if there's like bonuses attached to it, but like the, the t- people are just looking at the tomato meter and that's it. And then, so it's like, oh, 30%, it's like, oh, this movie is like 40% fresh. It sucks. It's terrible. But then pe- people might watch it and be like, Oh no, it's actually like this is actually like good or like or it could have been like the reviews were like like really margin like it could have been like really like it could have went either way with the review and the people were the critics were just like I'm gonna give this a rot like rotten even though it's like fine like I thought it's like it was okay but I, I'm slightly more rotten than fresh on it so I'm gonna give it a rotten. Yeah. Like oh this movie's good but like it's not great you know yeah. and then you're just like what what do you review that I I it's it you know like. If Rotten Tomatoes was kind of like poking holes into this, but like I learned that lesson from IGN when IGN was being paid to review games for high scores, and then like the reviewers being like punished for not giving them high yep. reviews mm-hmm. or giving them like what they were expecting to get sales to the door. But it's like that just looks bad on everybody if you do. It's like this was getting eight out of ten. He played like holy crap. No, it isn't. So it's like eventually it catches up. Like bad reviews. Do like weird out of nowhere reviews do catch up with them. It's not like the old days where someone posted a review and there's no like real trace to see if this person's real or not. Uh, do you remember like in GamePro or I think even EGM had it? It was like there was always a random reviewer that just had like you know Mystery X or like Ninja <laughs> X or something. It was just like a oh, random Sushi X, yeah. Yeah, Sushi X. It was just like, oh, this is Sushi X's opinion. And I think that could just have been anyone in the company at the time that just needed to put a review down. So it's like, all yeah. right, like... And then that person really can't get punished. Mm-hmm. But, the, you know, I know EGM can get punished if, like, a publisher is like, hey, why are their games getting low reviews? And they're like, well, these are bad games. I think that might have just happened recently with, like, Starfield. Because, like, some, some of the, like, uh, like, outlets that maybe were, like, more critical to Bethesda, re- like, didn't get review codes like as, as soon as some other outlets that were maybe were like more pop, like would maybe give Bethesda a better score. 
because there's like there, there's like there's like some big outlets that didn't get reviews codes like they were like blacklisted by bethesda until like really? actually, like yeah is it because of starfield or something else in the past I'm, I, I think it might be just maybe they were like more, they were more critical of like their like other bethesda games in the past they're like well we're not gonna like give like early these are early reviews we want like we want like the metacritic score to be higher so we you know we get that boost off the game i get it i understand the game they're game they're everyone's gaming the average and metacritic is weird even stranger because don't they, they aggregate like reviews from random sources so you never know exactly where they're getting it from like who's the big factor for the time i think they just take an average Yeah, a lot, a lot of that stuff's a mess. They got like, and it's been, it's been like no comment from Rotten Tomatoes. I would think I can't. I, I, I know. Them, like, like, I could have and them responding to this at all, or like or saying like, oh, we're we'll, we're gonna like investigate and like you know, update our our critic, uh, accept like accept accept like acceptance program or how we like how we like take critics into like our system and make them actual critics. Like nothing. Like it's dead dead silence from Rotten Tomatoes. So I don't I don't know. But it's very strange that they're going to, like, it's it's kind of exposed, right? Like, the fact that this scandal happened, and they should have done, like, a PR cleanup, like, immediately. Mm -hmm. But they're just, like, kind of waiting to see if it blows over. But it's, like, mm, like, all of you is kind of people that, you know what I mean? Like, they didn't get in front of this in time. I don't know, this was us. And they like, hey, your reviews are like, you're being paid to review this. And we're like, what? Like, no. You know, like it, something. It's also deny it's, or it, confirm. There's there's a super weird comment from the I think it was the it's the the founder of like this PR company who said, oh yeah, we do ha we have a we have a system where they can pay filmmakers and sponsor pay to have a, or have people review a film. It's like, why you're so you're, yeah, you're just straight up admitting it? it like why would you even like like why would you admit that that's like <laughs> I, well it, it's a hell mary pass to get other companies to try to be like oh okay like we'll normalize this you know like and then it, it's kind of like i mean we're guilty of this sometimes when we put like sponsored posts or something but at least you tell them and it's not something we're reading you're sort of like hey this is a sponsored ad but essentially that's what the rating the review is it's a sponsored yeah. ad for this movie so yep. Oh, and they were, they, were being, also, they were they were also paying people who already reviewed it negatively to change their to change their review to a positive review because you you can you I can, did see that if you if you're a critic on Rotten Tomatoes you can request that they change like the Rotten Fresh uh flip it the other way if 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 they want yeah I did see that which I understand if you're trying to bribe someone to fix the thing and it's like as shady as that is I get it because like I'll enjoy anything if I get paid for it more you know it's like oh hey ooh. so yeah like that's that's not right that you're definitely gaming the system when you're bribing someone to do like a fix but that's what if the company has enough money to do it i, I just feel you know ryan tomato was already on the fence for a lot of people when they did review but when they said you know certain movies are bad and the critics were like you're insane no it's not and now we have one where it's like if that's happening, does that mean like other companies are paying other people to write bad reviews intentionally to ruin like other movies? 
I mean, who, I mean, who knows what's going on? If, they, if, they, yeah, if, just, if this is like Tim the Iceberg, maybe of just like what else is like going on with Rotten Tomatoes? Because I mean, that's right. I mean, Rotten Tomatoes is a huge, I like, guess, a huge marketing thing. They put like if, if it was fresh, it's certified fresh, like on the poster in the trailer. Like, yep. you know what they stopped doing? I realize this. Uh, when when they stop people at malls or in the in the like court of the oh movie hall God, and yes. then get their testimony right there. But it's like these people have been like given a free movie. Of course, you're gonna say something exciting. I mean, averagely, someone's gonna be like, "No, that movie was terrible." Like, and they're like, "Okay, we gotta cut that from like the film." That needs to come, that, that type of trailer needs to come back. We need like the like ridiculous audience reaction. I'm just like walking out here like that was the best movie I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, they stopped doing that, and I yeah. think that's gonna come back now because you can't run tomato that. But then yeah. you know, uh, for all I know, I mean, people aren't wandering around malls for free movies lately. I haven't heard about that in a while. You know, like, I remember, yeah. like, in New York at the time, there was like, oh, hey, you want to see it for a movie? Come to the mall. And it's like, okay, then they'll film the reaction for, like, a shitty 90s movie. I was like, wow, this is the greatest action movie ever. Beethoven 2. Yeah, it's like, better than the first one. <laughs> The dogs are so cute. <laughs> like, yeah. But, you, you know, getting critic review, and it's like, it, all that does is, like, really diminish everyone's critical review, no matter what level you are. Because it's like, there's a chance that you've been bribed, you've been compromised. Yeah. And there's no, there's no, like, you know, high profile. We, we, we don't have, like, an e- like a Siskel Ebert anymore. Yeah, that's true. He couldn't be bribed. And then, and that, and then, because people, pe- then that was like, you know, people knew, crit- people knew, cr- like, actual critics. Like, there's, like, actual, like, mainstream, like, super high profile critics that people, like, trusted. And now, now people just look at, like, the score. It's like, oh, 30%, not going to see it. Like, they don't, they don't read any sort of, like, other, they don't read any, like, individual reviews. They just look at the score and be like, eh, that's, that's my opinion now that the movie's terrible. I, I, I'm not going to go see it, but I'm going to assume it's terrible and not see it. Well, that, isn't that like is, the 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 TV show, The Critic? It was that. It was like he's a famous critic that he was mm-hmm. beloved and hated. Yeah. So like, is there anyone else? Like, we haven't seen anything like that in a while. Well, and there's there's also like there's I mean other other Rotten Tomatoes. Says there's been stuff of where, you know, the critical score is terrible, but then the audience score is like super high. So it's like there's like a disconnect between like critics and the audience and then there's like obviously there's like tons of lists of oh this movie got a rotten score but it's actually awesome <laughs> and like critics are wrong about this movie just yeah so 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 much crazy rotten tomato stuff i don't know zach now's our perfect time that we can be our own critic, like every action tomato scores but i'm trying to think of another like stupid fruit or vegetable to like well it's gotta be it's gotta be like bullets or explosions or something or <laughs> or it's like throw, throw uh, rips. Bo- bombs or dynamite or something like that uh like <laughs> different, duds different, or... different different levels it's like firecracker stick of dynamite uh <laughs> grenade nuclear bomb like oppenheimer level new <laughs> yeah it's a nuclear nuke. bomb <laughs> like is that a good thing or a bad thing like ah shit 
Because we're talking movies where bombs, it's like bad movies, right? And yeah. It's like, yeah, we can't use explosions. It's too, it, they're already equal to bad movies. But we'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. We'll call it firepower. So anyway, um, last bit of news for this week is there's going to be a game based on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Speaking of movies that got super high uh, Rotten Tomatoes scores. I don't know now. <laughs> uh, yeah, who knows? And having seen it, I like it, it. Is it was an awesome movie, so I do I do trust that that's the, the highest score for that movie at least. But did you um, get paid to like it, Zach? Why well, I I had to pay to see it. So Whoa. you don't <laughs> know how the scam where's my, works. Where, where's my check, Paramount? <laughs> <laughs> I need some of that Paramount money. But yeah, uh, it's gonna. So yeah, it's 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 in the universe of the movie. It's gonna be a sequel. It's gonna follow the st- like the storyline uh, or continue the story from the movie. And it's gonna be some sort of new mutant, new, new mutant threat threatening New York City. And then you're gonna play as the turtles. And uh, there's no developer yet, but it's being published by Outright Games, who published Pe- Peppa Pig World Adventures, Transformers Battlegrounds, and Ben 10 Power Trip. So lots of licensed games under their belts. <laughs> And it's going to come out next year on console and PC. Which I don't know if that's, that seems kind of rushed. <laughs> I, like, it seems like they kind of like just decided to do this now. And it wasn't like planned before the movie came out or anything. It's just like, oh, that movie got, it got like, it got critical like reception. It didn't, it didn't do, I mean, I mean, it's obviously still in theaters, but like, it, I don't think it's doing like Paramount, like we're, kind of hoped it was doing it's doing fine but it's not doing you know crazy box office it's levels it's not a marvel movie no but it's fine it's gonna be beloved it's not gonna be like let's build a theme park around this one thing well they're going i mean they're going all in on mutant mayhem like so the, now so now we have this game but they also announced uh there's definitely a sequel movie on the way and then also the, t- the two seasons of a, of a paramount like plus show um are also on the way in the Mutant Mayhem universe. So, like, t- Paramount is going, and Nickelodeon are going all in on Mutant Mayhem. Partially that, I can understand. I, yeah. I just feel like they should do a first season before they do a two-season commit, because, like, yeah, hopefully a movie... They, yeah? I just understand. Hopefully they don't, like, you know, run this run this new franchise in the ground, because it's so, like, fresh and fun and interesting. And there's still like, like we're 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 bringing every drop of like money out of this and like that we can get and like bring all like the you know creativity out of it. And now it's just like this another just like product, like TNT product. Yeah, like no offense to the other TMNT show that came out, but like they barely did any like other products with it. Like it had the the one where like Ralph is in charge. Rise of the TMNT. Yeah, like. They have the Netflix movie that's coming out or came out already. I don't know, but they it came, it came were, out a while ago. Yeah, yeah. And then during that time, they did nothing with like food tie-in. Nothing with like there was I, I, obviously there was toys. There was tons of like action figures for that show, but like it just didn't call full force. Like New Mayhem had like plushies and like ads, and then like a slushy you can get at AMC, <laughs> and you know like it was yeah. a whole like campaign. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's fun to see that, but like when it translates to the TV, it, it becomes a different game. So I don't want it to like lose the momentum where it's like now the TV show and you're like okay, okay. 
I'm wondering, like, are these voice actors committed for the whole thing or just the movie I, versions? I think I think they are. I think they're all coming back for the show. They're obviously back for the movie. Um, wow, we're gonna watch these kids probably, grow probably up the, and kids the, the game too. Yeah. So yeah, who, uh, hope, yeah hopefully all, all this stuff is uh, you know keeps up the quality level of Mutant Mayhem, and we'll have to see more about this game because there's basically no info, no info that it's coming out soon. Besides, it's a game. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think obviously everyone is more excited for the Last Ronin game because that's going to be a, like a big AAA Ninja Turtles mature game. Like it's, yep. it's basically God of like God of War with uh, turtles. So. Is that is that next year too, or is that like I think it's like a couple of years off, right? Last year, yeah, like at least two. Twenty twenty five or something, I think they said maybe. But uh, yeah, so that's it for news this week. So I want to jump into the show and tell. And uh, Chris, what did you watch over the last week or so here? So I finally caught a murder mystery murder mystery movie that I've been dying to see just because. It just it's like nowhere to be found. Uh the Radioland murders. You ever okay. heard of that? Maybe it's a George Lucas produced murder mystery that like flew under the radar uh I think in the last few years. Like it, it's sort of like in a lot of lists of like, hey, did you like clue? Did you like knives out? Check out this movie. And it's a very interesting like concept because at the time it came out it it's like it's got like a full all-star cast of random actors and then like famous people playing bit roles and then mm-hmm. like comedians of the old times so it's like a love letter to radio like drama and comedy and like how that production was and then a satire of how entertainment is evolving on top of like a murder mystery that happens. Mm-hmm. So uh, the movie takes place in 1939, right when a new radio network is starting in Chicago. And on their premiere night, they the people at this like uh, production company are like pretty much doing everything they can to get this like opening night done. You got these writers that are just like burnt out from just writing scripts and trying things. You have uh, a censor who is trying to constantly change things from the whim of like, hey, I don't like this. Is, this is bad marketing, blah, blah, blah. Like, we're not going to go with this angle. Like, they're constantly at war with that. And it kind of becomes like, there's different like vignettes of like, if this was just like not a murder mystery, this would be a different show, a different moment. Because it's like, it's like 30 Rock mashed with like, um, like a soap opera mashed with, uh, like, I guess, like, you know, that Rocketeer S 1930s, early 40s, like, hockey and, uh, like, just the, the like, lingo and all that. Like, it, it mm-hmm. it's like, a, it's, you know, it's a, it's a period piece. And then it's got just a murder mystery that sort of makes sense at times, but it's a movie that, like, kind of focuses in and out of it. And it's a good, like, who's done it, but I can see why. When this came out, this did like terribly. Like this movie was produced, written by by George Lucas, produced by George Lucas, and like I guess his usual group of friends. And then like 
it's got at least four different screenwriters. And then directed by Mel Smith, who, if I get this right, uh, yeah, he did a lot of, like, English comedies. And then he did, what was he known for? Not a lot. He did not direct a lot of movies. Wait. He directed the goddamn Bean movie, the Mr. Bean movie. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, there's an air of, like, British comedy to the pacing and the tone that I don't mind. But in 1994, I could see why if you show this, like, if you show this movie now, it'll probably do a lot better. But back then, this was just, like, way too, like, wordy and not enough, like, slapsticks. And then I feel like there's a giant rewrite that happens in the middle of the movie, or, like, near the end, where, like, we need, like, physical comedy out of nowhere. But anyway, so what happens is it's, like, it's like the Muppet Show too, where basically everyone's rushing to kind of put things together. There's so many different zany characters that like you kind of just want to follow something, but it's like let's follow everything at once. However, uh, one of the trumpet players in this band falls over dead from rat poisoning, and it sets off a whole cascade of like other murderers and then like po- pointing figures within the in the radio like station and with a live audience all this is done in front of a live audience so it's them trying to keep the it's the production people trying to keep the facade that everything's going well it's the radio audience not knowing what is real or what's not because they're just like listening to things so it's like oh okay like you'll hear announcements and all these weird other other sounds coming from the background and then like then then you get these actors who are like trying to like scrub together like bits and pieces from like the writing team they can't get their shit together like a censor who hates everything and then a producer who's trying to pull everything together and it works well if you don't think about the purpose of the murders like it's so weird because you think it's gonna be very like um like clue where it's like oh like you had to kill this person to do this and then this person do that it's sort of like it seems really random and then i could see why like it's not the top, like, murder mystery thing, just because it's so, like, shoehorned in of what the murder is, but they do a good job of, like, taking its time. Like, it definitely feels like the third act, and then at a certain point, they're like, how do we explain this? But the way they do it is clever. I give the movie that, because this movie, one of the protagonists that you follow is a writer, he uses his like writing creativity to kind of write out the murder mystery. And then based on his writing, he figures out how the murder makes sense. So like, you know what I mean? Like it sort of comes together at the end at a good moment. So I'm like, Oh, okay. You just got to have the patience and have that like appreciation of understanding. Like he's a creative writer and it's like, that's his power. It's sort of like, Oh, cause he's like a very unconventional like hero. You just mm-hmm. kind of don't like him. He's played by Brian Ben 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 Ben. It, last name is seriously Ben and then Ben. I, I'm not pronouncing his last name correctly, but I, I think I think it's Ben Ben. Just Ben Ben. Weird. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, he's not the conventional hero, like, but it's sort of like in the character, like you you sort of appreciate his humor and his like very dry wit, and. It, it works out to some degree. There's a lot of, like, slaps that comes out of nowhere, and then it's supposed to be, like, you know, vaudeville-like comedy. 
Uh, which is like, is this what George Lucas really wanted to do after Star Wars? He's like, man, I'm gonna write something that's completely out of my league and just get into get into like a murder mystery. But the uh, the message though is pretty fun because it's like entertainment evolves so quickly that when these people think they're on the top of the world on the radio land, like they have no idea the impact of how TV is gonna affect everything. And that's like the even like that's like the bigger murder where it's like, oh. Radio is going to get murdered by TV, you know, and then uh, they should really make another version of this where it's like the like TV land murders and it's the Internet killing the TV. Mm. But again, it's something that I don't think everyone needs to go run out and see. But if you are a like fan of Clue and you're a fan of that, like. Like almost not wholesome whodunit, but it's easy to follow without a goddamn like like web of like confusion and then like a lot of motivation of like why these murder happens you know like i think even knives out had like a really bizarre one where it's like the idea and all that like oh not glass onion glass onion like i i want to compare glass onion a little bit only because it's in a fixed setting you know it's only like one person could possibly have done it but it's also about like one or two murders in that one radio land murders there's like five murders so it's 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 more it's hilarious to see what the next murder is because it's like it escalates and then there's a like a bigger premise on like no one's safe in in who you're watching or at least a good amount if it's not like the two main characters like anyone's still up in the up in the like potential to be like knocked off mm-hmm. and the casting's pretty fun like besides. Brian Benben, uh, like, Ned Beatty is in it. He's pretty fun. He's this, like, uh, he's the owner of the radio of the radio station, and he's very militant, but he's just, like, he's trying to smooth these, these uh, sponsors, so he's, like, very distracted. Then you get uh, Bobcat Goldwith, who has a very small role, and he's just Bobcat Goldwith. He's just like he's just his animal character. He he does a screechy talk. He does you know it's a very nineties comedical mm-hmm. thing, and it's like it kind of works for what this movie is, but like they use him just enough. Apparently, also uh, the final appearance of George Burns. George Burns is in it and just doing a George George Burns skit. I mean, at this point yeah. he's like ninety something. He's, yeah, he's this, making this is, like this is his final movie. It's not bad. This movie's like a nice ode to the era from like from the olden days and then appreciating radio. So there is a point where like I get it now and I only say that by seeing a lot of other movies and then just like seeing how entertainment has changed from like 1994 to now and just like the things they're making fun of, what they got right, what they didn't, you know, like to because they're like they're not worried about radio they're like no radio will never leave like it's about the creativity like what we do here like will last forever it's just like mm, i don't know so it's it's again like like no one has this on streaming i had to like rank this from amazon i had like credits so like and then like if you had to buy a copy i'm not sure you want to see this movie more than once in a while it's a very like see this movie like every t- 10 years you know, just appreciate it, see if it still holds up. I say, like, in terms of, like, if you're a big fan of Clue, this is a good third runner-up if you just want to see another Clue-like thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's fun, because, like, uh, 
there's some like nods, sort of nods to it, and then like, I think like Christopher Christopher Lloyd's in this, and, and it's like he looks like. It's Michael McKean and Christopher Lloyd are in it, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, there's some clue things. Michael McKean has, like, a fun... Like, you, you think he'd be bigger in this thing, but he's not. He's got, like, a few lines, and the rest of him is just playing in a band. But he's got, like, great expressions. He's chewing gum during this, and he's just, like, having fun. I, that's another thing, too. This movie looks like a lot of people had fun making it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like a lot of this was, uh... Like, that strenuous, besides talking like an old tiny person and then just wearing loose fitted clothes uh and yeah like i i know the thing is uh uh larry miller is in this and larry miller doesn't really get like a lot of prime spot but like i'm a fan of larry miller whenever i see him in things like they use him correctly in a lot of places so to watch him like in this and he's pretty much just like this German guy and then like I thought about this like I think at the same time he lost his uh out on being in Seinfeld because he was supposed to be like George Costanza. He like auditioned to be George Costanza. Yeah. So when I was watching this I was like oh like this is maybe a few years right after like Seinfeld took off and then now he's just like Larry Miller's doing this. <laughs> but it's fun. Like, you know, like, there are bit characters you follow, and you, like, you follow them, you enjoy their bit, and, like, they, they there's enough screen time. But it's hard to talk about because I don't want to spoil it, and also it's, like, hard to spoil because, like, even then I can't explain why, you know, like, who did yeah. it, because then it's, like, a lot of reasoning, and then it's, like, they just, like, rush past that to get to this weird ending that, like... I can see, like, it's not the most satisfying ending. It's just, like, it happens. You're like, well, they just had a bunch of effects laying around. So they, let's just try to do zany, like, set pieces. And I'm like, eh. Just because you have Skywalker Ranch doesn't mean you have to use all of Skywalker Ranch. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's hard. Like, again, saw it one time. Uh, I feel like if I watch it more than that, like, maybe I'll have, like, a stronger opinion. But... I watch Clue so much that basically it's just like I love that movie, even if people regard it as like terrible, but it hasn't. This movie just hasn't had a lot of like eyes on it because I think in 1994 this movie came out, it made only 1.3 million out of a budget 15. So this bombed terribly in theaters. Yeah, I think. But I, I vaguely, feel like it's a lost gem. Hmm? I think I've I think I've vaguely heard the name like, but I've never <laughs> really. I don't, I don't even think I knew. I didn't know what it was or what it. I didn't know oh, what's yeah, like, done it. I didn't know like had all star people in it. So yeah, yeah, there's a lot of all star people, and like it's just like completely like a miss gem. I I believe now that's because like I was in the mood for like a murder mystery, and I was looking forward to seeing this. And then just like I said, well, it's never coming on streaming. I just don't think it's worth owning yet because they did like a 20th anniversary DVD in 2019. Oh, like oh no, sorry, Blu-ray. Oh, actually, yeah, Blu-ray. I'm think you've got Blu-ray. Yeah, but it just—it's nowhere streaming. I don't know. It, it's like slapstick enough that I think, like, if you're not really in the mood for murder mystery, just seeing the ensemble of it. And again, I—I I just think it like it hurts the story because it takes a a 
it takes a while because it's like a it's like the beginning is like a Muppets like episode of just like all these zany people like complain about their problems and you gotta follow the drama. And then it's like, okay, now the murder mystery, but then it's just like super long and drawn out that you're like, oh, oh yeah, there's a murder mystery happening. It's not just like random problems happening because like the first death, they don't consider it like a murder yet, like a murder mystery. They're just like, oh shit, that guy died. Anyway, like keep going. Mm -hmm. So it takes a while. But I, I, I think it's okay. It's definitely hard to tell from the cast who is the villain but when you see it it's like okay that's all right otherwise uh that's it for me uh what about you zach uh so i saw a couple things uh i went out to the theaters and saw the equalizer three uh for this past labor day week holiday weekend which have you have you seen the previous two equalizer movies chris I have. I've seen okay. one. I saw two, like, maybe last few months. I just randomly caught it. I, I completely forgot Pedro, Pedro, Pedro Pascal is, like, the villain of Equalizer <laughs> 2. And that's because they were running, like, their own ops or something, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I watched, there, there was, like, a kind of, like, recap, but it wasn't really a recap, but, like, I, it was, like, officially, like, somebody put it out, like, here's what you need to know for, like, Equalizer 3. And then I, I've, and they had, like, clips of it, and, like, Oh yeah, Pedro Pascal was like the bad guy, <laughs> but it was two. I forgot. The only thing I remember about two was like the final fight was in that like it was in the hurricane. So there was a big like final action sequence during a hurricane. But uh, equals to three is um, I think I think if you if you enjoyed the first two, you'll definitely enjoy this one. It's you get a lot of the same stuff you get from the first two. Like if you just want to see like Denzel just like murder <laughs> murder guys and be be like Denzel, and so basically the setup for this is that he's you know Robert McCall is still doing his equalizer things. He's on a but he's on a mission in Sicily, and he takes down this uh like some sort of crime crime boss in in like in like his winery or his vineyard, and then um on. When he's trying to get out of the vineyard, he gets shot in the back by this like, the, like the prime boss's like young son who just runs off. But then McCall has like this like, he's in the, like he's got like this, you know life threatening injury, and then he makes it. But he makes it to like this small town called Altamonte, and then the local doctor like helps him. And then he's kind of he's so he's recovering this like this like very like charming, nice <laughs> Italian town. And then he starts to like enjoy like the people there and like the like the like way of life there. And so he's not so he's finally like is like, oh, is this a place I could you know forget the violence and live in peace? But then the violence finds him because this town's being like terrorized by like the Camorra, which is like a branch of, like the mafia. And so they well, the Camorra was like an Italian branch that yeah, like even John Wick like uh used a reference to yeah. So yeah, so but so they're they're harassing this town. They're trying to like. You know, extort extort the residents. They're like terrorizing them. So then, McCall has to go back into like you know equalizer mode again and like take on the mafia. And that's pretty. That's, that's, it's it's the most bare. It's it's just a super simple plot. And it's not even like you know how most movies have like a like the plot is like a curve or it goes up and then down. This is just like a like a, a line going like angling up. <laughs> like it's like it's just like the bad guys keep doing bad things until a certain point where like like McCall just like starts taking them on and then that's it. That's the movie. That's his limit, and he's like, well, time to fuck up this like neighborhood. Yeah, there's mob. there's 
there's no there's no twists there's no you know <laughs> nothing, no major, it's just like it's just the plot is just because of this town he likes the town the mafia's terrorist in town he kills the guys <laughs> he's like taking on the guys that are like terrorists in town that's it that's he was a three but no no connection to his previous life no connection to friends or anything well there i mean obviously it's, it's like the events of like the previous movies happened but it's it, yeah it's very it's you, you could probably go into equal three not knowing anything about the uh, either two movies and be like perfectly fine because it's just, it's just like a straightforward you know <laughs> revenge action movie interesting wait and, so did he did he did he leave his house in delaware or wherever he was in the second movie he just like he was moved like, away from that he was in. He lived in Boston in the first movie, right? And then he lived in. I forget where he was in. Like he was. Was he in like what DC or something in the second movie? He had like a town, like a beach town. He had like him and his yeah. wife had a house there. He like moved yeah. into it back home. Like that was mm-hmm. the point. Yeah. And then he moves out. Well, he he was he was on like yeah he's on this whatever like mission whatever mission he's on in the beginning of this movie and then. Then he's then he kind of like is, as he's recovering from like his injury, he's like, oh, I, this could be my like t- this could be my home where I stay for like and like like not have to like murder people. <laughs> I don't <laughs> like, have to equalize anymore. Yeah. And I think I think th- this one more than like the other ones really makes like Robin McCall like like a horror movie like slasher villain like a but for, like the, on the side of good like he is very Michael Myers in this one like he's like. He's like stalking guys in the shadows, like he's stabbing them with like various sharp objects, <laughs> like, and it's 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 more it's it's almost like a, yeah like there's not really like traditional like shootouts or like car chases or fights, but there there's it's more like horror movie like kill sequences or like horror movie like <laughs> like sequences in this movie, where it's like you know like. Like McCall like turns off the he'll turn off the power in the house and then, like he's just like lurking in the background and he like st- like grab like a knife from the kitchen and stab a guy in the back of the head with the knife and then like find like a a poker like a a fireplace cue and like stab something like into the back of the head it comes out the guy's mouth or something or like so Whoa. he's like he's finally so he yeah he's, he's more he's definitely much more of like a like a like a a good slasher <laughs> like he's just like he's like. If Michael Myers like was on the side of good, like that'd be like Robert McCall in this movie. <laughs> Which Did he does do his watch thing. He does that like in the in like the beginning, like in the opening sequence. Which actually, it's it, the opening is pretty cool because you can you see like the aftermath of like him like infiltrating this whole like winery and there's just like guys just like laid out everywhere and there's like there's like a guy with like a a knife in his head, like a butcher knife, just like in the in his face, and then like like people with like gunshot wounds like just lying around this entire house. So, like and like the main like the this, like crime boss guy that owns like the winery is just like walking through his house where he just sees like all those guys are just like horribly murdered, and then you then you. Like comes comes into the basement where like they're like holding Robert McCall in the basement, and then and then he does his like he's already like you know planned out the situation so he knows exactly what he's gonna do and then he like kills everybody. But they only, they only do that in the first sequence and then the rest of it is kind of just like yeah it's it's definitely it's much more of like a it's, it's horror movie styling where it's just like he, he's he's striking from the shadows he's <laughs> using a lot of various sharp implements to like take people down does the how, is, like what weapons does he have just anything he finds laying around the town yeah he, he's he just goes like he just goes like the, like one of the big like toward, toward the end like he's just like he's, he's, like 
villain's house, he's, he's just using like, oh, there's like, uh, you know, like a fireplace, like a poker, and he just picks that up and like stabs the guy like straight through the back of the head with it. <laughs> like it comes up the front of the guy's head, and then yeah, just using like kitchen knives or like. I mean, he has, he has a silenced pistol he uses a couple times, but yeah, he's, he's just, like, finding, just, like, whatever whatever can, like, murder someone in a house. He's just, like, picking it up and, like, killing guys, like, from, from like, from, like stalking them from the shadows. Which I, I, I definitely enjoy that more than, like, trying to, like, make him still seem like a, like a super spry, like, he, he can, like, fight guys hand-to-hand. Because <laughs> I... I Denzel's in the, what is like his seventies probably I think at this point easily yeah so I definitely this this approach is is much more like satisfying and like better than like trying to like make Liam Neeson like jump over a fence with like fifty different edits <laughs> like yeah to make him seem this, like he's this, this is sprawly enough yeah this this is so far beyond any recent Liam Neeson movie like this. Because it still makes it still makes Denzel like like a super badass, but it's but you don't have to like try to like like figure out a way to like you know body doubles or try to figure out a way to like make like make it seem like he's like doing a lot of stuff. It's just like he he is so skilled and so horrifying that he just like yeah he's he's basically just like yeah like a, a Jason or like a, a Michael Myers, but like like but like on the, on the a force for good. So I was it's definitely check it out. It's if you're if you like the first two, this is it's a super solid uh the like thriller. It's not the best definitely not the best action movie of the year by any means, but like if if you enjoyed if you if you enjoyed Denzel, if you enjoyed Equalizer movies, it's 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 fun. It's 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 uh it's fine. It's a and I and I guess this is, this is the final one, so this is like a, a cool kind of send off for this does this it end on, does it end on a like satisfying note or is it more yeah. like he will return. Yeah, there's there's no like, oh he will like, oh here's the setup for a new one. It's just like, he's like, pot. Yeah, he's he's maybe found like, <laughs> uh, like what he's been looking looking for, which is like kind of like forget his like <laughs> dark past and like maybe like find a, a, an actual home somewhere. And yeah, and then and the, and the bad guys are just like they're so ridiculously evil that it's just, it just like it's just like super cathartic and just like satisfying just to see like Tenzel just like destroy them all in like the most like horrific ways possible. Like the, the like there's some crazy like crazy gore, crazy violence. Like people are getting their hands chopped off, heads are getting shot like sl- like embedded with knives. Like people are getting like run through with like various objects. Like it's it's crazy. But yeah, so I saw that. Uh, I also finally checked out uh, Heart of Stone on Netflix, which was their attempt at a huge kind of summer blockbuster. This is their like big August release on Netflix, and uh, this is the uh, Gal Gadot, you know, globe trotting espionage, trying to be like Mission Impossible style. Um, but but it's definitely on the scale of like Mission Impossible to like other espionage things. This is definitely more toward like the like Citadel side of things. Where it's fine, it's like perfectly cromulent, but like it's not interesting or unique in any way. <laughs> like it, uh, it does, it does like everything you've seen in this movie. They do other movies have done ten times better. Like the plot is like bare bones and like not interesting. <laughs> the action's fine, but it's not like oh man, I've never seen this before. This is like crazy, like crazy exciting. 
like it's 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 one of those movies where you watch it and then like an hour later you'll probably forgot you'll forget most of it what happened in it because it's just it's just so unmemorable uh, unmemorable and bland very very much like, like citadel like it's definitely like citadel same thing where it's like oh this like looks good and like as you're watching it, it's it's it kind of fun but then like yeah you you forget it as soon as you as soon as you finish done watching it you forget it and like <laughs> it's not it's so just like what what is her like background is she like a super like i'm trying to figure what made her yeah. you what's her so, so yeah so this this is it's, it's super similar to citadel or like kingsman or like one of those things where there is a international espionage agency that does not doesn't like answer to any government called the charter and they their their gimmick well they, it's it's really because they have two gimmicks so they have quote unquote the heart which is like an AI system that is based it's 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 basically a Fast and Furious level like tech <laughs> like tech nonsense gadget where it's it literally has every bit of data every video feed everything you could possibly get off like, from like you know the, the internet or like technology and so it's it's like it's like feeding all this data into like the heart and then the heart is able to like predict what thing what will happen so the charter uses that to like they'll all their agents have like a heads up display and it tells them like <laughs> if you go this route you'll have a 95 percent chance of succeeding but if you go this way it's like 80 percent. so you might go that you might go this way or it's like or it's like if you do something it's like oh your percentage just dropped like 10 percent. <laughs> the heart says the heart says you gotta do this to, to like keep on the mission or whatever so they're they're like relying totally on the heart to like tell them what to do and the heart is like predicting like, oh, there's gonna be a terrorist attack here, so like, we need to get people here to like stop this terrorist attack, whatever. But then their other gimmick is that they're like tr- playing card based. So what? like, so like, so like Gal Gadot is like the Nine of Hearts, and there's like four different teams operating in different areas of the world. So it's like the Hearts, the you know the Hearts, uh, Club, Spades, Diamonds, and they're all different. And then each each group has like a king that is like the head of them. But like they never they don't really explain like why why playing cards like it's just like a it's just like a weird gimmick like cause they had to come up with a gimmick for like this agency so it's like oh yeah they're playing card based but they don't there's there's, there's no explanation of like if you're a higher number or higher rank does that mean you're like higher in the agency or like how do you like if you're if you're a rookie are you a two like they don't explain any of that it's just like oh yeah there's playing cards <laughs> we're playing cards yeah we're it's all, like oh we're playing card theme like oh. yeah. Does that signify rank? Like, no. That, okay. That, I mean, I guess because the kings are the heads of it, so I, you have to let you you like mentally like you as the audience like have to like assume like I guess like the higher rank you are in the suits is how how high you are in the agency, but they don't they don't explain it at all. <laughs> so maybe we could have used like a, I mean it's 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 also a cliche, but like the, like you know the rookie agent coming in and be like and then they explain like oh yeah this we're the charter this is what we do like. <laughs> This is why we're based on playing cards, like. But yeah, but yeah, Galgado is so yeah. She's the nine, she's the nine of hearts. She's like an agent for the charter, but then she's undercover with MI6. And then like, so if there's a mission for the charter that involves like MI6, then she's kind of like steers that mission the way the charter wants, and then. Um, but she's working with this MI6 team who doesn't who don't, who don't oh, know that she's, she's like with the a, charter. A secret agent in the she's, she's a secret secret agent. <laughs> she's not a double agent. She's not, she's not like working against MI6. She's just she's just like is like 
they think she's like MI6, but she's she's like trying to help them succeed, but she's also like working for the actually working for the charter. And if if if, if something in the mission like goes against the charter objective, then they want her to do that and not help MI6. But then she's conflicted because she likes her team. <laughs> On MI6. Yeah. And it's also it's also hilarious too because like when it starts out. It's like so. There's like this, you know, a big opening action sequence, obviously, because that's what you do with with these movies. And then when it starts, uh, like Gal Gadot's undercover persona is that she is like a computer hacker who never goes on missions. So they make it. It's like, oh, she's the nerd who doesn't go on missions. <laughs> I was just like, wait, what? This like very obviously like attractive. Yeah, this probably this, fit like yeah, person like, in the group. Supermodel, secret agent, like, but she's like, oh, I, I don't, I don't, I, I've never been on a mission before. I just, I, I just hack, I hack computers. I'm just a tech person. And I was like, is this like, is she like, is is this is she the movie gonna be like, oh, she like like learns to be a secret agent? Like, <laughs> begin the movie, she's like, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't go on missions. I'm like, I'm, a, I'm super, I'm super scared about going out of the van. Because, like, they're like, stay in the van. Don't go out of the van. You got, you're, you gotta stay on, do the computers. But then you find out, oh, no, no, she's like a crazy, you know, Ethan Hunt level, like, secret agent for the Charter. She is, like, it's better than all the MI6 team combined. <laughs> like, but then, but then you find out, there's, so there's, there's someone who is hacking into the heart and so there's, and there's people who want to steal the heart and use it for like their own uh objectives <laughs> and so that's kind of like and then like similar to like similar to like like uh what happened on citadel <laughs> like it like like tw- like it, pretty early on like the heart does get stolen and then it's like oh the charter is like oh, the charter is like under attack it's like dissolving we have to get the heart back or else the, uh, the entire charter is going to be destroyed and then, like Gal Gadot, it turns out is like the like one of the last agents left that's active in the field. So like obviously she's that she's, she's like the one that has like you know do everything because like everyone else is like being like killed because like because the, the heart is like now telling the bad guys like where everyone is or they're using oh. it to like find out where everyone is and like so like they're like destroying like the like infrastructure of the charter. So but, she's kind of like on her own from her yeah. own agency. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, it's 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 fine when you're watching it. It's fine. Like there's some in the moment cool sequences. There's like a cool fight on like a this like I think it's like a glass zeppelin that's like that like um they it's like a, like a fight on it inside of at one point. Um, and the opening's kind of cool because it's like it's it's very like James Bondy. There's like it's it involves like you know like skiing and like ski bikes and stuff. And it's in like this like the Italian Alps, <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's nothing like that you haven't seen before in other things or done better in other things. And the plot is super generic and like, you'll see, you'll see the twist coming from a mile away. And it's just like, Wait, so, so does, does she put on a weird spy suit? Like in Citadel, don't they have like a, like a Citadel spy outfit that they wear? I don't, no, she just kind of like like t- kind of like you know espionage esque like tactical stuff. Is that? I mean, not tactical. Not, she's, just, she's not like in like you know body armor or anything. But it's like, oh, I'm in this like hoodie. I'm in this like you know like hoodie like 
uh, pants set up that let me fight, but like is loose enough to let me fight. But it's not like she's not. Yeah, she's not in like crazy like future like future tech like costumes or anything. Mm. And then yeah, and then just like, all the all all the technology is just, is like so stupid. It's like it's like Fast and Furious level stupid. I'm just like they don't like whoever wrote this is just like. Don't, they don't understand how technology works, or they're just like they're just like, oh, it does everything. It's an algorithm. Like you, 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 you just gotta say algorithm, and that's and the, the AI algorithm. That's all you gotta say, and that explains everything. Cloud technology, hula hoops, it's, internet. It's, it's, it's very much like the the heart is basically like, like I think was was it Fast not uh, Fast and Furious Nine, like that like um satellite that it, it, it's like oh this it, whoever controls this can can like take over every single technology on the planet like. So basically, what the heart is, the heart is, is like it's it can it, it, it predicts it, it predicts the future, but also like controls every every single device on the like it can hack phones, computers, cars, buildings, like a, a, anything anything you possibly think of, it will it can like control and hack and take over and do whatever you, whatever you need to do, it will, it, it can do. Yeah, I I mean if you're if you're on Netflix if it's like a la- you know a lazy <laughs> lazy Sunday or something you're looking for like like a a, a decent uh you know espionage kind of like Mission Impossible light esque movie it's it's fine if you if you haven't seen stuff like Extraction two yet or anything like obviously watch that way before this yeah I would say Extraction is high on the list to go watch as an action movie yeah. I would I would say this is like as far as like Netflix original action movies is like mid mid tier middle middle of the range like there's there's some that are like, they're like absolutely terrible but this is like you know perfectly perfectly fine and then also on Netflix the last thing I watched is I saw I finally saw the Woman King which, you know came out last year mm-hmm. um which was uh pretty good. It, it reminded me a lot of, you know, like '90s historical movie like epics, you know, like you know, Gladiator or Braveheart or something. It it, it kind of had that kind of feel to it, um, where you know it's like this you know epic with like big like historical battles and um, uh, this like uh ancient like you know ancient like ancient kingdom and um. And, and, but also like plot wise, like kind of like some some like cliche, some like soap opera things going on with the plot. So, but yeah, it, but I think I think I think you definitely if you enjoyed like '90s kind of historical epics, yeah, definitely this was this one will like kind of scratch that itch. Was there a lot of action? Because I feel like this is like three action set pieces for that movie. There's there there's yeah there's there's. Um, well, there's a lot of training. There's a lot of training montage and training because that's kind of like the mi- main thrust is like there's a new recruit to like the uh, yeah Joe yeah Joey who are like the you know like the female warrior group that like for the kingdom of uh Dahomey, which they, they, and they inspired um you know like Black Panther, which is it, it's it's kind of weird. It's sort of uh, like a John Carter situation because we, you know, we've we've seen like the Dora Milaje in like all the MCU movies, and mm-hmm. then this th- this is this is what inspired that. But then this seems like derivative of that because it, because this came out after all that stuff. 
but these but these the actual historical warriors inspired them so yeah. it's kind of like it's kind of like you know john carter felt like a ripoff of like star wars but that star wars and everything ripped john carter off <laughs> well because they did it first yeah just like and, the and, theme, right and, and and just like like the costumes and stuff it's, it's it, it, even if it was like even if they weren't trying to do that it, it still feels like it's like this is this is very like dora milage kind of <laughs> style like all, all like they're like they're like well you know warrior everything is all like red and they're, they're fighting with like spears and, and like it, it's it's just it's it's all very like the fighting style is similar which i mean I, it, it must have been inspired by like the action like the marvel is all inspired by this but then it just it just feels like they saw that and were like oh yeah get this movie in production <laughs> but yeah it, but, it, but basically the, the basic plot is like there's a there's a new recruit to like the uh at joey and then it's you're, you're really following her and like her like training and then you going all the training and then like there is they're kind of in a war with a rival tribe or rival kingdom that is like also then they've aligned themselves with like the Europeans. So they're getting like guns and horses. And uh, so they kind of like technology wise might, might like, like out, outpower like the, uh, the homie kingdom, but then the dome we have, you know, this, these elite warriors that can like fight, <laughs> fight them. So, and then it's, uh, John Boyega is the king of the homie. And so he has decided like, are we going to go to war? Or am I going to try like, <laughs> you know, do some sort of like trade agreement with them? And then obviously Viola Davis is like the general of uh, the Joey, and then sh- and is like also might be on like on the way to become like the the woman king and the quote unquote the t- woman king who's like a because like the, 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 the homie like the society they have like th- they have a twin gods they have a female and a male god that is like is, like they're like main you know religious <laughs> uh, system and so mm-hmm. there's a thing that we're like. They would they 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 have like a a like a, a male king and a and a, a woman king on the throne and they rule like as partners. And so that's kind of like the thing. It's like uh, like Viola Davis is it's like kind of like the the front runner to be like the woman king because she's like the you know this like super super like successful general of and warrior for like the this like elite group of warriors. I thought she was the king already in when it starts. Well, it, it, yeah. Well, she's like she's the she's the head of the, like this group, but then it's like uh, she could she could uh, like go even higher and become the woman king if like the the king like like you know decides to like make her the woman king. Yeah. But then John Boyega also has like a bunch of like wives who are like uh, there's one in particular who's like very like political and like trying to like I want to be the woman king. I'm gonna, like I'm gonna like you know do I'm gonna work my behind the scenes to like get myself higher and like be like the the main person. But yeah, but yeah, there's there's some fun, there's some some cool action. Um, I mean, if you enjoy the, like the like you know the Dora Milaje MCU action, it's it's very there's a lot of like similar stuff here. Um, uh, but it's it, it's a solid movie. Uh, it, yeah, if you enjoy like historical epics, you enjoy like historical action. Um, it's it's worth checking out on Netflix. It's very like I think even like um like Gina Prince Brythewood who like directed it, like she like said like. The main the main influences were like Gladiator, Braveheart, Last of Mohicans. So if you if you enjoy that that style movie, you'll you'll probably enjoy The Woman King. I see. And uh, that's it for me this week. So we can wrap things up. 
Uh, definitely have our site. We've got all of our usual features. We got all the trailers we talked about this week. I've got a review of Equalizer 3. If you want to read my review of that, it's up on the sites. Uh, you can check out our commentary from last month, which was uh, Star Wars The Clone Wars. And we're going to have a new one coming up at the end of this month. So stay tuned for that. And all of our usual stuff is up there every day as well. So everyone check all that stuff out. And uh, for Chris, I am Zach, and we will see you next week. For more Everything Action, head to www.everythingaction.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, at EVAction, on Facebook by searching for Everything Action, and follow us on Instagram at everything.action. You can also subscribe and get more episodes on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify.